Rising Ground and we'll get it. I am your host, Mike Man, back with another episode of the hottest thing, Smoking. Rapid TV the podcast going up on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Anchor, and more. Wave punch that subscribe button. Add us to your playlist. Biggest of backwoods burning, man. Look here, bro. Let me get up make this shit legal because niggas around here trying to. Niggas with this fugazi ass shit, bro. And nobody didn't complain. It's really not a good answer, bro. Because nobody didn't get the same shit I got. It's the narrative I will go with. But you know. How y'all doing? Uh, we have Dissension in the Saints organization. As it seems, we may be moving on from Michael Thomas somewhere in the near future. You know, we lost Drew Brees uh, due to retirement. And with the ongoing quarterback battle that we have between Jameis and Taysom Hill. Uh, you know, Michael Thomas may not know who's going to be throwing to him or who's going to be making him a legend like Drew Brees was. You know, I get that you can look at Jameis and say, You know, that motherfucker threw six interceptions the year before. Well, you know, it shit happens. The ball can get away from you at times. Like, when I used to play backyard football, when I played football in school, I never wanted to be the quarterback because seeing how them boys was getting hit, oh no. Yeah, I was a running back and a safety. And I ran my ass through the middle on a running back drill. And got my ass lit up. Which ultimately forced me to think about full time safety. (laughs) I remember that game. My dad was there. Well, it wasn't a game. It was like one of the first few practices of football. Ninth grade year. I told him that I was going to go out for football. He wanted me to go out. He wanted me to be a safety and a running back. He wanted me to focus on the running back part, but you know, like I said, once I got lit up in that drill, you know, that changed my perspective on what I wanted to do. And like, as a kid, one of the best feelings in the world, especially if you're playing football, is to see your dad out there and just for me to have that experience that one time, man, that was like the greatest feeling in the world. He pulled up to the practice. He getting into the damn drills, trying to tell coach, coach, put him in there. And he got his wish. Coach put my ass in there. And he trying to tell me what to do. Coach standing right there trying to tell me what to do. He's saying, hit the hole hard. Hit the hole hard. I hit that motherfucker hard as I could. But 
them niggas that met me right there in the middle, they hit my ass collectively and simultaneously and end result my motherfucking shoe was flying straight up in the air at least that motherfucker went at least 10 feet in the air bro I bullshit you not (laughs) that nigga laughed at me like a motherfucker (laughs) told me to get up and try it again I tried it again the next run was was a little bit better I didn't get lit up I made it through the hole but man I focused directly on safety after that drill was over and you know dad was trying to coach me on safety and all this and that and I did get one I got a tip pass uh I got a tip pass I got a broken up pass and I got an interception at safety so he knew, oh yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be on defense. Bro. But when they needed a running back or some shit, they plugged my ass in there. And during our scrimmage game, I scored a touchdown. Uh, you know, we scrimmaging our own selves, so but I did score a touchdown. <clears throat> and just seeing how Shit was hard and strenuous back then. Just in ninth grade. You just imagine you playing for an NFL team. Getting paid millions of dollars. You have contractual obligations you have to meet. And, you know, verbiage in your contracts and things that should be and shouldn't be and, you know, the procedure, so to speak. You you would think motherfuckers would follow procedure and protocol. Well, it seems like there may be a riff. And I was listening to Chris Broussard, Devar Arrington, and another female host. Um, and they were talking about the incident. Lavar Arrington had an interesting po- oh coach Ma- Eric Mangini, yeah. Shout out coach. Eric Mangini. And, you know, Coach Mangini was saying that it could be, he was almost like implicating it could be some of Michael Thomas's fault for, you know, having to, electing to have his surgery late in the season like he did, which is the whole public uproar right now that's going on. But, you know, Michael Thomas came out with a tweet the other day saying that they try to damage your reputation while you save theirs by not telling your side of the story. So, it's almost like he's saying, like, yo, y'all sitting up here bashing me for having late surgery, but I ain't seeing shit about nobody, but I can. And that's what basically it is now. But LeVar Arrington made an interesting point. And I give his observation a valid reason for looking at it. He said it very well that Coach Payton and Michael Thomas may be on the same page. They may be on the same page. You got to give. They want it. You know, even though he wasn't there 
you know, that was Marcus Coasting. They couldn't guard Coasting for real. And, you know, with us winning that one Super Bowl before Drees got up, well, Drew Brees got up out of here. You know, that basically our organization has, you know, built up over the years to where we are prominent now. We're going to be in the conversation now. We don't went from the bag century to, you know, we always in the combo. You know, they can't talk down on us with bags on our heads and all that shit. Now. But, I mean, like I was saying, LeVar Arrington made the point that it's very well that Coach and Michael Thomas, who've been together all these years since he's been in the league, they have a relationship. You know that. Whether Drew Brees is quarterback or not, you know they have some type of relationship during all this tenure for being in New Orleans. But LeVar said, it's very well they were on the same page and the medical staff who's in charge of, you know, with with the player associations and basketball, football, basically all these major league sports. You know, they don't work in where it's contractual or it's some kind of lingo where, you know, now instead of the team personnel managing when somebody goes in the game or plays in the game or doesn't play in the game, they leaving all that decision up to the medical staff. See, I think that, uh, what was that one? One movie, uh, Any Given Sunday. When the quarterback Dennis Quaid was hurt, and uh, you know they put Jamie Foxx in, and he took over. But then they end up having to put the old guy back in, and they didn't get there. You know, but how the medical staff played by James Wood was—you seen how he was—and then the, the the newcomer guy or the team trainer guy who ultimately ends up being the doctor who ultimately ends up doing some of the same shit that James Woods character did like I think that shit brought a light to hey we gonna we want the medical staff or the medical staff wanted to be involved or have some kind of authority in saying something since they're getting paid too and their expertise weighs a lot on whether somebody like this big name player, superstar player, plays in the game or doesn't play in the game. So it's on the medical staff to make sure these guys are ready to go. And if the medical staff had trouble getting in contact with Mike for two months, you know, hey. Uh, it's it's somebody not telling their side so once Mike gives his his analogy or overall thesis of the breakdown you'll kind of see where it's leading but right now like I say LeVar Arrington for him to say that it makes you wonder because 
I know for a fact that Coach Payton and Michael Thomas, I know they communicate. They have to. They coach and player. They have to. Coaches gonna communicate with all the star players. You saw that. You see that in all the football movies. They're gonna communicate with the stars. So you can't tell me they didn't have no interaction. So it had to be the medical staff that's on the fence. Now, their reasoning for acting like they're kind of innocent because, you know, you say you tried to contact him. You call, fuck COVID. If you know you are in a billion dollar industry, million dollar player that you are responsible for making sure he's ready to go and on the field. Training camp, preseason, or game day number one. You gotta be ready to go and it's up to y'all. So the staff ain't make no no fucking ample or the adequate amount of contact attempts. Like Fuck calling and texting. Oh, we called his friends. We called his friends. Fuck that. Can you go to him? I mean, it is a six-foot rule. You can't stand outside the door or you can be upstairs at a window or y'all can be in the backyard or some shit. I know you can go there. I know you know where he lives. And you can get that info or meet up somewhere. Like, get the fuck out of here, bro. So the contact shit, once you think about it and break it down, that shit don't hold no water, bro. The medical staff, like, I I get, like, if they asses, if he was just average Joe and owed a medical bill, you would have all types of shit in the mail, you would have all types of phone calls. Next thing you know, them motherfuckers might go so far as to garnish and shit. Some cases they do. Some cases. Some states, they don't allow that shit. Basically. But just think. The attempts they go to when your ass owes a medical bill. Brad, you get paid to watch after a million dollar player. To tend to and make sure they are ready. TTG trained to go for real. But yeah, I think the medical staff is the one that's at fault for this shit. And like I say, Michael Thomas, he got his side to say, and once he speak, that shit gonna come out. This is Rapper Week TV, the podcast. I'm your host, Mike Man, and BMG all day. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be back. Chill. This is Mike Mann of the Rapper Week TV, the podcast, representing BMG all day. Just want to say a quick thank you to all the supporters and listeners of the podcast. Currently going up in 75 cities and 30 states and 12 cities internationally. So just want to uh, take a moment to say thank you, appreciate it, and very grateful for those who have given me a little bit of their time uh, doing this podcast. So, going up in 75 cities, 30 states in the U.S., 
seven countries worldwide, 12 cities internationally. So we thank you, man. TV the podcast. I'm your host, Mike Man, representing BMG all day, every day. Biggest backwoods burning. Flame them if you got them. You talking about the way the Saints medical staff may be fumbling the ball with Michael Thomas. The reason all this publicity is surfacing and floating now. Everybody make it seem like he had the surgery late to, I don't know, sit out or some kind of negotiation tactic or whatever diva-ass reason they want to give it for Michael Thomas. But will the Saints move on from him or will they just, you know, let this shit ride out? Michael Thomas said he has a side to discuss. And if he did, you know, it's it's putting a stain on your reputation. Like, they trying to make this a stain on his. Like, for one, it's his body. For two, it's an offseason. You don't know what kind of, and, and given that it's a pandemic, you don't know what kind of plans or what is going on with him and his family, or what events that he has to attend, or things of a family orientation that he wants to be a part of. So, you know, and it's the off season. Like, I'm quite sure there is some contractual shit to say, hey, I can do what the fuck I want to in these two months, whether I'm coming to training camp or not. I'm quite sure there's some lingo in there pertaining to that. But it seems like a lot of people on Mike can't on can't guard Mike because they feel like he's acting like a diva. He feel like he did this shit on purpose for one. Since Drew Brees not there no more, he gonna, you know, he's trying to see what's gonna work out with the quarterback situation, how the quarterback's gonna play. Now, that does look like, it does look like a valid point to look at. Like, shit, you don't wanna be a part of some shit that you see rapidly, rapidly folding and going downhill. So, this could be a contractual negotiation tactic for next year once the season ends you say hey I'm not resigning or I'm not doing this with the Saints I'm trying to get traded or whatever whatever announcement made after this upcoming season that'll show you where all of this shit is really going for one if there is an announcement they do what they can to keep him happy say hey you know Mike we're with you we're on your side 
We believe you. Yes, it's your body. You can have surgery whenever the fuck you want to or when you're ready. Maybe he's a person that don't want his body getting cut up on. I mean, I understand he's an athlete. He's had injuries before. He probably had surgery or some kind of medical procedure before. But damn. After, I'm going to just say this. From people that I know have had surgery. had, Had to get cut open and something added or fixed. Like, bro, that's some psychological shit to be thinking about. Getting sliced and cut the fuck up. Getting your body altered and fixed on and all this shit. You being out. Don't knowing if you're going to wake up. Like, a lot of shit plays into that, that surgery shit. Yeah, they can do that shit while you're awake. But who wants to be awake while I'm off of the cutting on your ass? Like, be be realistic with this shit. Like, nobody really... Unless it's plastic surgery or dental work. And even then, motherfuckers put that shit off. But, just think about it. His off-season... His off-season, he's vacationing... Whether he has wife, kids, mom, dad, family, brothers, whatever. Just want to hang out with the fam. Back in his old community. Giving back to his community. Maybe he has a camp to run. Or he's giving back to the youth. In New Orleans or where his hometown is. Maybe he has things that all pro athletes like off season obligations or family events and activities that they want to be a part of so being a pandemic you just now getting able to be back outside maybe his family wanted to take a trip finally or go somewhere go to their summer home or some shit but who really wants to get sliced the fuck open? Whether you're getting paid millions of dollars or not, who really wants to get cut open? Like all the time. Like he's had injuries before. Now, whatever medical procedure that had to happen, think about the psychological effects from that. How he felt after that. How he felt going into it. Could have been some shit that spooked him. Uh, going in to a procedure earlier in life and it scared him or some shit you know yeah I know we got a season coming up this and that I just got this this money and all this but bro I gotta go over here and get cut open and get fixed and bro who really sitting around like yeah I'm gonna go and do that shit tomorrow get that shit on out the way you gotta think about all the psychological shit attached to that like for one the cutting part for two are you gonna be out of conscience consciousness or are you gonna be wide awake you gonna be seeing this shit is it gonna be souls or you gonna be hearing this shit like bro what the fuck are you gonna feel it can you feel them while they working on you does that shit hurt hurt 
the pain. You thinking about the pain afterwards after they sewing your ass up after you sitting up here rehabilitating when you bust a stitch or some shit. How comfortable are you gonna be? It's like a whole range of things attached to surgery that you really gotta think about. And with him being a football player, how soon I'm gonna be able to get back on the field? If he really won't want wanting to play. Like, it's a lot of shit to think about. So for folks to just chop somebody down for one about their body when they have surgery. I mean, bro, you gotta seriously look at yourself. Cause I'm quite sure if your ass knew you had to go get a goddamn kidney taken out or your appendix or some shit. Or Matter of fact, if you knew it was some shit, a bum leg, or you need your hip replaced, are you going tomorrow? Are you going to put that shit off? No, the medical people put that shit off because they want to make sure you're straight. They want to monitor your conditions and see how you're going to be prepared for surgery. If your body's not going to... It's a whole range of shit they do. So you got to think about that. Like, how much time he had to probably to devote getting ready for the surgery shortens his time with his family or his off-season activities or events or whatever and you gotta think about rehabbing the last part of the off-season so you can try to get back into shape for the season and you know all the mental shit attached to that like I just said like bro who really willing to get cut the fuck open right now get fixed up there are some who are gung-ho some who've done it millions of times a hundred a lot of times basically people who love surgery getting surgery done blah 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 whatever whatever reason they love it just constant Upgrade and improvement of the bodies, okay, cool. Or appearances, okay, cool. We get that, but you knew that you had to go in an hour or so. You ready to go and knock that shit out? Especially if you can slice the fuck over. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not that anxious to get there. I need some monitoring, doctor. I need to see if my levels are straight. I'm gonna wake up. Gotta think about all the rehabilitation, the pain, the care, the cleaning of this motherfucker. Oh, just just some other shit you gotta think about, bro. And we have COVID going around. Can I get COVID in my goddamn cut? Like, bro, it's a lot of shit to think about. But we'll see. I don't know. I think Mike, he'll, he'll probably be. In the next couple of days, if not today, something will come out. Something will be said. And it, it, the fingers will be pointing at the medical staff. Somebody going to have to take the fall for this. Somebody going to have to bite the bullet for this. You can't blame Mike. Can't guard him, but you can't blame him either. And shit. The Saints know they need them because if you look out there right now, as far as up and coming uh, college players, 
that'll be getting drafted next year. Like, I think about do we have the picks for it? Like, motherfuckers will get snatched up. Man, this season fuck around and tanks. And we get like the number two and number three and number four pick or some shit. Or they work out trades or some shit from previous trades follows in line where we have some first rounders up front or some early picks that we can get good players receivers or quarterbacks or whatever like yo it's a business but (laughs) will this shit get done for one or can they get it done but are you willing to let Michael Thomas just walk because you feel like he did some underhanded shit as far as having surgery whenever he wanted to. I don't know. But hopefully, hopefully the quarterback's play is enough to entice him or, you know, give him some reason to get back to the field quicker might motivate them a little bit more they see Jameis is playing like goddamn Florida State Jameis like he has a full season he getting uh, first team reps in practice so he's learning and hopefully he's learning and picking up on that shit I think I think he might shock a lot of people this year I think keep in mind we got nice players around him especially the line the line is looking like it's always looked he'll be good. If they can protect him like they protected Drew at times, we'll be straight. Just need his timing and his accuracy to be on point. Along with his decision making. But I think I think Jim is going to shock the league this year. And Taysom. The fucked up part about it, I think we're going to end up getting rid of one of them. If this season don't go like we wanted to, we're going to get rid of one of them. And we're going to bring in somebody. I can see fucking, and this would be ideal. They bring in Kaepernick finally, if Kaepernick still wants to play. We was hoping there was going to be some shit where Green Bay would want to. You know, move on from Aaron Rodgers or whatever. And he'll come into the fold. I was hoping Deshaun Watson, you know, even though he having his legalities going on, he would probably shift his way back over there. Was hoping Dak would want to come home. But, you know, he signed it. The Cowboys finally signed him to his long term deal. So, you know. Who's really out there that's, you know, going to be able to give us a fight 
basically, or a puncher's chance. This is MPMG represented. Stay tuned. Yo, we'll be back. Chill. Well, now I'm rising ground to go get it. I'm Mike, man, the host of the Hot Stank Smoke and Rapper Weed TV, the podcast and Rapper Weed TV. You need photos, videography of your next event, performance, contact the Highlights Photography at 214-749-8794. We won't beat up your budget, but if you don't have a budget, we're willing to work with you. So contact D Highlights Photography at 214-749-8794. You won't be disappointed. Chill. And we're back. Rapper Week TV, the podcast. MBMG represented. I am your host, Mike Man. Hey, so over here in Dallas... Beers, shit is ramping up as far as the chitter chatter. Uh, you know, basically, Rainwater, the manager of the late great Mo3. Rest in peace to Mo3. But, uh, you know, Rainwater's been more vocal lately. Seems like I just saw a snippet today. Now he has TSF members on his neck now. For coming to made leaving them out of saying who is the hottest in Texas or who brought the resurgence of Texas to the forefront recently, the last few years. And you know, he ran off rainwater ran off beat king and he said fast lane. OTB Fastlane, I think. Uh, I can see how that shit would ruffle TF's feathers. But, you know, Sauce Walker been doing his shit consistently. Whether they've been in the media or headlines and all that shit, he's constantly in your eyeball, in your vision, in the area, doing something. He's been doing something constantly for the last few years. Uh, my personal opinion, you know, I think Rain probably forgot about him or either if he has some animosity towards them or they don't see eye to eye. But he probably should have mentioned it because true fashion, you know, sauce walking them been doing their shit along with him, peso peso, you know, his collabs with the CJ Casino, Bugatti Casino, even though they had their riffs and shit. Like, he's been. He's been pushing this motherfucker heavy and holding it down. 
Beat King, that was a given. Like, Beat King has been consistent damn near for 10 years. Like, whatever the fuck he's dropping, you know it's goddamn headed to the strip club or it's in somebody's backyard bumping right now. But, uh, Beat King, that was a given. OTB Fastlane, I listened to some of his tracks, not that many, but you know, maybe that's somebody that Name Water, you know, has a, an affiliation with or communicates with or, you know, is cool with. So, I don't know. But as far as here in the Metroplex, you know, ever since the demise of Mode 3, it seems like Rain Water has been more vocal. And he's been more vocal towards, you know, Trap Boy Freddy. Who recently put out the t-shirt track that uh, seemed like it samples the Ying Yang Twins or it's the exact beat from the Ying Yang Twins whistle while you twerk you know uh, you know some, a lot of people are saying it's hot me personally, I don't. I just think it's bad timing. But like I say, you can see if if Trap Boy Freddie, like I understand the allegations, people saying he has some involvement with Mo Three, you know, being killed, or he knows, or he has some affiliation to these incidents, but. You gotta give Trap Boy his, you know, his shit if he basically popping his shit because he knows y'all hate the fuck out of him and want him to be the culprit, but he ain't have shit to do with. So that's why he's popping his shit like he is. And in the hood, ain't no fucking rules. In the streets, ain't no fucking rules. The gloves coming out, shanks coming out, straps too. Punches will not be pulled. So you can get how, you know, Trap Boy stands on his shit. Or keeps coming with that, you know, that rah-rah shit. Nigga, you all up in my ear with this shit thinking I got, alright, fuck it, rah-rah-rah-rah-rah-rah. Basically, I mean... On the outside looking in. Kind of appears that way. That's if, you know, Trap Boy has nothing to do with the situation. But you know Rainwater's going to feel the way he feel because of the circumstances that led up to it. Or that were going on or currently, you know, while Mo3 was out, was alive. And pushing his shit, popping his shit. You know, you know the circumstances, you know the storyline, but you don't know everything. So, you know, Rainwater is gonna, in a way, pop his shit now. Like I get both perspectives and shit, but you know, you see Rainwater's point, like if. 
he without a doubt knows Trap Boy has something to do with it. I'm not saying that he does, but you know, just outside looking in. Just looking at it. Like, he's gonna have some kind of frustration, animosity, or whatever, because there was frustration and animosity when Mo Freedom's alive with Trap Boy Freddy. So, but if Trap ain't got shit to do with it, but people steady coming at him all in his ear, all on the internet, social media, wherever. In the streets, at the barbershops, at the goddamn bazaars, wherever we conjugate at, the clubs, wherever, people gonna talk. People gonna say what they want, they gonna allege and speculate and give their analysis of situations and how they feel it is or what happened or this or that or the other but if Trap ain't got shit to do with it you can see how he'll keep popping the shit now Rainwater he's been on Say Cheese you know he's talked about a whole host of topics and you know him Mainly at Trap Boy. <clears throat> that that's the one that's the head scratcher, but it's not a head scratcher because you know a lot of people saying Rainwater more vocal now, but he didn't do all this shit. He wasn't talking like that when most people survived. But like I say, maybe it's because Rainwater feels or think he knows, or you know. He's going to have that emotional attachment to where, you know, he's going to be some animosity or he's going to be pissed or it's going to be that fuck you type moment. I don't give a fuck about that nigga. Fuck that nigga. That type of energy. It's going to be that. That's human nature. But if Trap ain't got shit to do with this, you can see how he'll come up with shit. Songs like T-shirt, steady dancing, motherfuckers. You can see how the tracks he put out seem to mention or implicate shit. But you know that's life imitating art. Like rappers say shit that happened, happened. Whether they're snitching on themselves or just reciting. Things that have happened in the hood or in the streets. So, you know, but like I said, you can see how both of them popping their shit and stand on it. And you can see how both points are valid. But, you know, eventually something has come about where this shit has to end. Gotta get remedied before, you know, shit get worse. I know niggas know the feds are watching and dialed in on this shit, but I don't know. It's it's almost like a given that Trap Boy, Trap Boy is supposed to do this shit. Though. 
it's almost a given. Like, I get Brain Water mentioning he's not getting no promotion from his label. Well, you got to think about it. Like, if the label is being business savvy as far as not wanting to push big dollars because they don't know if he'll be, you know, implicated or some shit. They just know it was an intense street beef that has a lot of people interested in Trap Boy's music and, you know, they was going to push him. But they're not pushing him like Rainwater thinks he should be pushed. So, you know, if Rainwater thinks that, well, maybe he'll think he's trying to stay low-key or he ain't got the push like he thought he did or they're not behind him like he thinks they are or they trying to keep a low profile to see what's going to happen or just a lot of variables in this shit like Rainwater saying he hasn't come outside but you know he mimicked the song coming outside and all this shit and hence the t-shirt song comes out so mm, it, it's like I say, it's almost a given and valid point that both of them popping this shit. But like I said, if Trap Boy really ain't got shit to do with this and he popping this shit like that, just thumbing it in your motherfucking face like fuck you, middle finger to you, right up to your face. Because you have a certain feeling thinking that he was, you know, involved. But if he's not, I'm just saying, if he's not involved, you can see how he's popping the shit and gonna keep popping the shit. But where does it end? It, it ends when they finally find out who killed Mo3 and who all was involved. My thing now, say for instance, they do exactly that. And Trap Boy's name is nowhere attached to it. Can you imagine the shit he gonna pop in? <laughs> but, tomato tomato, yeah. You know, hate to say it, but if he is, the shit that rainwater's gonna pop. So I don't know, this shit looks like it's gonna be a never ending cycle. Because the emotional attachment to it, like, feel how you feel about Mo3 when he was alive, popping his shit. Feel about how you feel about Trap Boy Freddie now, popping his shit. And Rainwater, you know, doing what he does now. You can feel how you feel about all that shit, but think about it. Is it all valid points if if basically either side turns out to be right? From Trap Boy's vindication, exoneration totally in the streets or in court or no involvement basically at all? Bruh, shit popping is going to be magnified. But like I say... Rainwater figure 
that he's right and they determined he was right. You know what's going to come with that. But either way, I see one of them going to blow up after this shit. Which one it will be remains to be seen. But this is Rapper Weed TV the podcast. I'm your host, Mike Man, representing MBMG. Who y'all think going to come out on top? Let me know down in the comments. Are you ready? Go ahead, punch the subscribe button. And it's loud, lit, lit, loud, circle form. Because when I'm not passing, I need 12 feet, 6 for the Kobe, 6 for that pin ass blunt. I probably need to add 6 for whatever fucking variant out there floating around. Like I say, you just give me 12, please. Tap the notification button. We got a circle. Y'all continue to stay safe, stay breathing, stay dangerous, stay sanitized, and stay the fuck out of the way. Stay tuned for another episode. Going up on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Anchor, wherever you stream and listen to music and or podcasts. And we're coming back with the visuals on YouTube. So look for us at TV on YouTube. Follow us at our social medias, Rapperweed TV and Rapperweed TV Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. As always, my subscribers, I fuck with you heavy and I appreciate you. Y'all stay blessed, man. We out.